welcome to the HR and Flow podcast. This week we'll be talking to Amanda Rosewarn from the CPD Standards Office. The episode focuses on what development and learning means in a contemporary working environment and also takes a closer look at the findings in Amanda's white paper, which is centred around the shifting landscape of skills acquisition. My name is Amanda Rosewarn, I'm Chief Executive of the Professional Development Consortium. We are an organisation that offers accreditation for CPD purposes and also conducts research into adult learning and new and evolving ways to do CPD and professional development. As one of the founders of the organisation, I've worked with hundreds of employers, training providers, individuals, either to establish CPD policies or to look at training and learning activities and how they can be appropriate for CPD or indeed completing the assessments myself. So my role sort of presently is really working with all sorts of different companies and looking at the value of their training and how it can be really used in a formal professional development context. Thank you very much. Neville's currently written a book due to be published very shortly in our book Go Beyond. We've referred to CPD standards and we have written that responsibility for learning and the furthering of skills lies with the individual. Learning ought to be considered as an improvement of performance in any facet of an individual's life, be it work, home life, parenting or the community, etc. And I just wondered how do you see the more formal CPD ideas fitting with that philosophy? I think that's a really good point. I think that for many years, the formal CPD policies from professional bodies or organisations have tried to engage individuals and make individuals realise that lifelong learning is their own responsibility. So absolutely, I think the philosophy underneath is already there. I think the problems and the challenges that we see are that many individuals do not hear of the term CPD or professional development until they're in the workplace. So many people will go through the normal education system of school, college, university, etc. And certainly in this country, there's very much a culture of thinking that when we graduate from university or we graduate from college, we're finished learning formally. And for our employer, or whichever organisation we're going to next is going to feed us the training or the learning that we need you know, to, to do the role that we're going to do. So I think what's been quite interesting, perhaps we'll talk about this a little bit more in a minute, is the wave of transformation that's taken place simply because of the technologies we now have to hand to our smartphones and the fact that individuals can learn so much more easily. But the philosophy that individuals must undertake CPD and professional development, that it's very much their own responsibility, I think is is very much there, it's very much out there. And I think as we've got generations coming through who are looking at big, large debts if they go to university or taking the option of apprenticeships and things like that, they're starting to realise that, you know, they need to be more choosy in their their educational selection. perhaps they're taking a little bit more consideration over their formal education and actually who's going to be responsible for paying for it at the end of it. Thank you. You touched on the white paper that you've written which focuses on the shifting landscape of skills acquisition. Could you summarise your findings for us on that please? 
but least. So last year we wrote a white paper called Hold On Tight, It's a Roller Coaster of Time, and particularly focused on the shifting landscape of skills acquisition and professional development within the UK. One of the things that really has stood out to us here at CPD Standards Office is the fact that many training providers and employers often still provide formal face-to-face -face courses or online learning opportunities that require individuals to stop and learn for at least an hour or take a day or a week etc out and learn in a very formal sort of traditional way. The real world and what actually happens is that people squeeze training and learning in around their busy day-to-day -day jobs. Take for example junior doctors, you know, they're already working 70 plus hours a week and so their pieces of CPD are very much done on the run. There's also been a professionalisation of many careers and jobs which Formerly, we wouldn't have seen as being an area that requires CPD, but now the professional body or related association is encouraging that. So, for example, many years ago, it would have only been accountancy, medicine and law that really had stringent CPD requirements in. Now, for example, if we look at marketing, customer service, sales, procurement, if you're a member of that professional body or your organisation and employer has a strong CPD policy in place, then you're expected to find learning activities. We really then started to look at, well, this wave of technology that's changed means that there can be a huge personalisation of learning. And the fact that we can just Google it, we can literally find an answer to a question, we can find various views and opinions and research, really now means that people are starting to learn from the work that they're doing rather than for the work that they're doing. So individuals, and then this is sort of all captured in our white paper, they are still taking formal pieces of training for work, perhaps focusing on a particular skill or competency area. But if I'm so stuck with a, I don't know, an IT issue, or I want to learn how to develop, I don't know, a presentation, etc., I can just as easily type something into YouTube search, or I don't know, eHow, or something like that, and instantly find sort of videos. So, because of this, as I said, this this shift, it does mean that there's been a huge personalisation of learning, and that in turn has led to increased opportunities for young people. Because also anybody can upload anything to the internet, our white paper also discusses the shift in terms of who is now the expert. Because once upon a time, experts were only people that either had many years experience in industry or who were academics and you know were highly esteemed in their practices. Now we see people like Zoella Sugg for example, or Chris Harris, the car journalist, who have attracted millions and millions of followers online. And they're not necessarily, in terms of age, uh, at the same level as, say, somebody that's been working for, I don't know, 40 years within their career, but they are considered an expert. And I think that has been a very, very interesting shift in terms of who we feel can authoritatively give us education and therefore who we feel we can actually achieve some professional development through. So these digital experts are starting to 
as we say, shift the landscape of where we receive our skills and our knowledge. And finally, in our white paper, we also look at, well, where is the focus on quality? If anybody and everybody can achieve and search for learning, um, and anybody and everybody can upload um, things onto the internet and onto YouTube, how do we know what we're receiving is from a trusted source, is of useful and correct and you know appropriate resources? And so that's always the big question mark for us. And obviously that's a big part of our work in, in terms of looking at the quality and, and the educational authority of training activities and verifying them accordingly. So yeah, it's a great white paper and um, it's available to download. So with regards to quality and monitoring and evaluation of these sources, what should companies look for when striving to provide CPD opportunities? That's a very good question. I think always look for external validation. So for example, if you're looking for specific opportunities, always look for the CPD standards, Blue Shield, um, which shows that a course has been externally verified. But if you are just generally shopping for, I don't know, a management skills course, or you're looking to send your team on, I don't know, a project management skills course, what you want to be looking at is how comprehensive the description of the course is, how long the course is versus what the agenda is, because um, many people feel cheated when they go on a two-day course and it either finishes early or there doesn't seem to be enough content to fill the two days. I think, you know, you always want to know what broadly the agenda is against the, the time that's been allocated. You want to look for companies and training providers who promote the philosophy of having a long-term relationship with you. So they'll organise another delegates to go. They have still got the opportunity to contact the training instructor after they've left the course and build a long-term relationship with them. Similarly, if you're looking to buy um, courses online, you always try and look for reviews of those courses from other delegates. And if possible, you should also look for courses that have a, some sort of social network or community attached to them. So from, from our work, we really see that the most successful online training providers are not only those that provide experiences online but also they enable the, the delegates connect with one another um, and kind of have their own little sort of social hub where they can share experiences or ask questions or perhaps even do online group work together because it's that kind of human interaction that really makes things stick in our memory and that's ultimately what you're striving for you're not only just looking for a good course but you're looking for what's actually going to stick in your mind in the long term to ensure that you're learning the skill or the knowledge piece that you're actually looking to sort of achieve in the first place. And it's not just a good day out from the office. Thank you very much for listening to this week's podcast with Amanda Rose Warren. If you'd like to know more about the topic, you can find Amanda's white paper via the link in the description below or contact us at info at hrinflow.com. Thank you for listening.